All right. Uh, I received a text from from uh, Carrie last night, and I won't read it to you, but it said something like, "Please take time during your message to tell the church about me." She meant to say about Bay, but it said me. So I don't know what Carrie wants me to say about her. Um, <laughs> she she's a great cook. Uh, I'm making stuff up now. I don't know. So. Um, but anyway, that's <laughs> made me laugh. I don't know what I wanted to say about her. So, a, a real brief history about who who Brainerd Air Youth for Christ is. Um, now, you might get a little confused because there is a little bit of flip flop between because we, we say we say Bay, we say Bay Ministries, we say Brainerd Air Youth for Christ, we say Brainerd Air Youth Ministries. Which is it? And the answer is yes. It's all of it. See. Diane and I, we got called into this area. We were the youth pastors at the Brainerd Assembly of God uh, starting in 1986. And so last year, for us, marked 30 years of full-time youth ministry in the Brainerd Lakes area, which is pretty cool, I thought. Yeah. Uh, not, not bad, considering we just had our 35th birthday. And <laughs> so that was 1986. Then... During that time, we started this fellowship, this network of youth pastors, because we, we realized that we were much stronger working together than apart, and that way we could get together and pray for each other, encourage each other, and, and steal ideas. And it was wonderful, and we, we formed this coalition, this fellowship that we called Brainerd Area Youth Ministries. Then in 1998... There was a change. Our, our senior pastor was retiring, and so I needed to find something different. And this network said, let's make this a full-time thing. So we aligned with Youth for Christ, and that's when we changed it to Brainerd Area Youth for Christ. So today, anytime that there is an event that all the churches are coming together, we call it just Bay because it stands for both. Now, if it's something that our office specifically is doing it's a youth for christ event like the uh the legacy five tomorrow is a youth for christ event because it's specifically our office that's doing that as an awareness thing later on i'm going to tell you about um our warrior day of service that we have that is an event that many churches are working together along with the school district and that we call a Bay Ministries event because it's all of us. Does that make sense? Is that a little more clear? Good, because I'm getting confused. And so that was in 1998. Since then, we're, we've been moving on. And so that also means that as of April 1st, which is just around the corner here, that will begin our 20th year doing Youth for Christ, which blows my mind because we just had our 35th birthday so hey austin we want to play that video we have a short video that we want to show you that it further explains this and it's far more interesting than what i just said so go ahead and play that the other day we were talking we all agreed we love bay rallies i have always loved bay rallies but i was curious what else does brainerd area use for christ do I mean, the rallies are awesome, but I couldn't believe that that was all they do. So yeah, we looked into it. What we found totally surprised us. We found that Bay has had a youth leader network in Brainerd that has existed over 30 years. And every month since 1986, area youth pastors and youth leaders have met together. 
My guess is there's got to be some really great friendships in that group. Mm-hmm. Bay has provided tons of fun events in the past. Events like bowling lock-ins, broom ball and dodgeball tournaments, ski outings. Golf outings, mini golf fundraising adventure, movie nights, spontaneous miscellaneous events. And a ton of concerts along with special comedy and illusionist shows. For me as a student, they've sponsored school-based clubs like Campus Life and FCA. And speaking of schools, our director is a member of multiple district-wide committees and involved with the high school baccalaureates each spring, and not just in Brainerd, but around the Lakes area. Bay is also in area schools presenting the Yellow Ribbon Suicide Prevention Program. Working with John Ring of Timber Bay, Dale and John have presented in about 18 surrounding school districts since 2003. In 2016, they were certified by the Yellow Ribbons National Office in Denver, Colorado, one of the nation's top suicide prevention organizations for junior and senior high students. They focus on the dangers of untreated depression and assure it is okay to ask for help. The Warrior Day of Service has been a true testament of what a network can do. For the past several years, Bay has collaborated with the Brainerd School District to encourage students to volunteer to serve. In the past, we have had as many as 500 students and 150 adults working together on the Warrior Day of Service. New in 2016 was the Campfire Mocha Blend Band. This team is the group which leads the music at each of the Bay Rallies. Each student represents a different church. The team is led by Michael. Can you guess what his favorite coffee drink is? Could it be Campfire Mocha Blend? Yep, you got it. Bay has a board of directors who shoulder the direction of Bay's business decisions. There is a new program, the Bay Ambassadors. The Ambassadors are volunteers who are committed to gathering prayer support, making their community aware, and promoting upcoming events. For me personally, I appreciate the opportunities for mentorship and training through intern programs and a youth council called the Dream Team. This team of students helps with every aspect of each event Bay conducts and has representation of several schools and many different churches. And that brings us to our favorite part of Brainerd Area Youth for Christ, the concerts and Bay, Bay rallies. Bay has hosted many of the nation's top Christian bands right here in Brainerd. And the Bay Rallies, they have been going strong since 1995 with an average attendance of 850. Bay's mission is simple, to reach young people everywhere, working together with the local church to raise up lifelong followers of Jesus Christ. But this is what shocked us the most. Brainerd Area Youth for Christ is funded solely by individuals who believe in their mission. No city, county, state, or federal funds are given to Bay. Only what people like me, my church, and a few wonderful area businesses are willing to give. So there you have it. That's what Bay is all about. So in simpler terms, let's just say Brainerd Area Youth for Christ is just one message, one purpose, and tons of teens. A couple things I want to add to that uh, video real quick is um, we talked about the yellow ribbon thing. Uh, that is the Suicide Intervention Prevention Program. Uh, if you caught that on there, we were certified by the national office in Denver last year, which is a wonderful endorsement so that people, speaking of the schools, know that we're not just some fly-by-night thing. And one thing that the Lord's blessed us with is incredible uh, relationship with the school districts in our, in our area. And now we understand the the whole church and state thing we we get that we know how to how to abide by the rules but i think it's kind of neat how jesus can find a way to talk to kids hearts even though we are encrypting what we say if you know what i mean uh part of that would be like when we are talking to the students we say you're created in a very special way we don't say 
your uncle, the monkey, once, you know, we don't say that. Uh, I had a student that came up to me at, at a school. We, we presented at his school. And then sometime later, I was back at the school doing something else. And he came up to me and he said, uh, I wanted to thank you for your yellow ribbon thing. And I said, well, that was nice of you. you know, tell me more what's going on. He said, well, we moved here like two years ago. And I didn't tell anybody, but the reason that my mom's a single mom is because my dad died of suicide. And I always expected that that was in my destiny because it was in my DNA. That because dad did, I eventually would. And he said, when you talked about that, I realized I don't have to. And I can get help and I can talk to somebody. He goes, and then then I, I prayed and I asked God to help me with with these feelings. And I thought for a second, we never talked about that. So somehow, even though we were abiding by the quote-unquote church and state, Jesus was talking to that kid, saying, this is what you need to hear. And I went, yes. I love that. But don't tell anybody about that. I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, in a little bit, I'm going to tell you about this year's theme. But uh, one other thing that we talked about is uh, the, the financial aspect of it, that no, no city, county, uh, federal funds come our direction because we decided a long time ago it's far more important for us to be able to tell kids about Jesus than to take their money. And if it wasn't for churches like this church and individuals like several of you here, we would not exist. And so thank you for your, your, your financial help because that is our sole means of existence. So thank you for that. Now, our theme this year, we, we, the Dream Team was on there. The Dream Team is a youth council. This year, there's about 24 kids on the Dream Team. Uh, they commit for one year. It's not something they just get on. They have to jump through some hoops to get there. It's a discipleship, mentorship, leadership training program that they, they do. And they are the ones that plan everything that, that Youth for Christ does as far as the rallies. And they'll help at the concerts and, and with the upcoming rallies. And everything that we do, they help with. Every year we have a different theme. This year's theme is Megapixel, One Million Reasons. And let me tell you where we got that from. We were talking throughout the summer. We met several times a month and just talked and brainstormed. And one of the students said, I, I get frustrated because I have several friends who are, uh, you know, they look at one thing in the Bible that they don't understand. Or they, they hear something in the news about a person in the church. Or they know a person who claims to be a Christian but is a total jerk. So they take Christianity and they throw the whole thing out. She said, what can we do for those, those friends? So we started looking at it. Well, we need to get our friends to be able to step back and see the whole picture of who God is. And at the same time, we need to help them zoom in and see just each individual piece of the puzzle. And one of the kids says, well, kind of like a pixel is just one part of a, a digital photo. We said, yeah, now we're on to something. And then another one of the students says, so we want them to zoom out and see all the megapixels. We thought, 
That could be our theme. That's great. And then another kid said, well, what is a megapixel? So they looked it up online, and they said it was one million pixels. So they said, well, how about megapixel million reasons? I said, I like that. But the problem is if we tell the kids one million reasons, that's going to take a while. So let's hone it down. So we came up with four. So this year we've been talking to the kids about four things. Number one is that the Gospels were written by eyewitnesses. And why is that important? Number two was that Jesus is God. He claimed to be God. It wasn't something that was thrown on him. Jesus is God. It's part of the Trinity. Number three, that the resurrection was true. It was a physical resurrection. It wasn't metaphorical. It wasn't pretend. It wasn't faked. It was a real deal. Number four, I think I said that in the wrong order. Anyway, Number four is that promise to come again. And as I've told the different pastors in town that that's what our themes are, every single one of them said, we love that because that's what our kids need to know. And as I've been reading about uh, students who go off to college and, and, and fall away from the church, it's because they lose sight of those four. And so that's why we're trying to get those grounded in at the megapixels in their life. So that's where we're headed. Our theme verse, our theme verse that we chose was 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. Now I'm going to make a switch rule here because I have here my preaching Bible, which is a great Bible. I use it all the time. However, when we decided to do this in um, July or August, and we chose 1 Peter 3 as our, our, uh, our theme verse. I decided as the leader, I was going to do my best. I didn't think I'd be able to memorize First and Second Peter, but I wanted to be really, really familiar with it. So I committed to, to myself, and I said it to the group, I am going to read and or listen to First and Second Peter every single day for a month. And, and so what I did is whenever I'd go for a walk, I would take my, my phone and, and some earbuds, and I'd be listening to First and Second Peter. Well, I ended up doing it for about 60 days. And the thing is, I, I used the, the, uh, the app on my phone called uh, Uversion. It's a great app. On, it's got all, all sorts of different versions of the Bible. And I learned that the best one to listen to was the New Living Translation. Okay, I liked the reader. It just sounded good. There was a little bit of music with it. It was, it was just a lot easier to listen to. Here's the problem. My preaching Bible is an NIV. So when I try to read what I've listened to 60 times, I get really confused, and it makes it sound like I don't know how to read. So that's why I switched Bibles. I don't know why I just told you that, but uh, just because. Okay, First Peter 3. 15 and 16. And because this is not my preaching Bible, I don't have it outlined. Um, it says this. Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if you are asked about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. But you must do this in a gentle and respectful way. If somebody asks you why you have hope, 
be ready to give an answer. But I like the part where it says, but do it with a gentle and respectful way. My, my message this morning is entitled Three Walks with Peter because these all happened while I was listening to the book of First and Second Peter. The first one, Diane and I, we were in Seattle. And one morning I decided to take a walk and I was going to walk around Lake Washington. Well, not around, because that's a really big lake. And I'd still be there. So I was walking along Lake Michigan. And, and just because, oh, Lake Michigan, Lake Washington. Thank you. I was in the wrong state, which is why it really would have taken a long time. Nonetheless, I was walking southeast, and I decided I had my earbuds in. I'm listening to the first and second Peter, just enjoying the, the morning. It's, it's really nice. So I, I went about two and a half miles southeast along Lake Washington. When I turned around, I looked into the northwest, and there is this major storm brewing. You know, it kind of looked like like a, a frosted shower curtain that was, you know, hung across the lake. You know, it just kind of it's just coming at me. And and the, the long and short of it is, I walked the last two miles back in the rain. Not a big deal. It was warm out. It was not a you know I was wet, so that was the bad thing. But I got thinking about it. How many times in our life do we not see the pending storm that's right behind us because we're not looking? Because we're oblivious to it. We're, we have our eyes on something else. With teenagers, I'd say our eyes are on our phone. They're down, they're, that's why I call them screenagers. So they're, they're just always they're, they're, they're just down. They're not looking around. And so that got me thinking about different verses in First and Second Peter. And so what we're going to do this morning is just take a look at verses. Just going to hopscotch around First and Second Peter as it relates to these different things. Because we're going to be talking about the storm. We're going to be talking about the pain. And we're going to talk about the sunrise. Okay? So the, the storm. In First Peter 1 Peter 1.6. 1 Peter 1.6 says this. So be truly glad. This is wonderful joy ahead, even though it is necessary for you to endure many trials for a while. You know what? Most of us don't like to be told there's going to be a lot of trials coming up. Woo! That's exciting. I don't want trials. I don't like trials. Now, just a little, little bit of history here. Peter wrote this, these, these letters approximately 30 years after Jesus ascended. So that puts it right around 60 A.D. In about 64 A.D., Nero sent a bunch of people off into Rome and burned Rome down and blamed it on the Christians. And that started a great persecution of Christians throughout the, the Roman world, which in, in part caused the gospel to spread because people scattered. So it, it was almost like Peter somehow had a hunch that hard times were coming. And that's why he said many trials are coming, but for a while. I, just, I always think that's kind of interesting that may, maybe he knew it was coming. Maybe it was just a, a spiritual, you know, godly hunch. I don't know. Then, then he says, in, in, in just referring to 
chapter 2, verse 12, he talks about it, you, you will be accused of doing wrong by those who don't love God. You're just going to be accused of it. And then he said, but, but don't, don't worry. Don't worry about it. And then in, in chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, chapter 5, 8 and 9, he says, Be careful. Watch out for the attacks of the devil. Your great enemy, for he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for some victims to devour. Take a firm stand against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your brothers, your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. So we're not alone. So we're walking through the storm. We were in... um, we were in Branson, Missouri, but our son goes to Evangel University down in Springfield. We went down last year during his uh, fall break. And while Diane and I were down there, I, I packed uh, some brand new walking shoes. I, I had worn them once, and that was in the store when I went like this. Yep, they feel good. And that's about as much as I had worn them. So we went out for a walk, and the first day, we, we didn't go very far, just kind of checking out the resort that we were at. And I said, you know, these shoes aren't really comfortable. I'm going to have to break them in a little bit. The next day we went on a long walk. I think it was like 40, 50 miles. And as, uh, oh, I felt that way. And as we are at the furthest point of our walk, I'm thinking these shoes aren't just uncomfortable. They hurt. And, you know, and since then, Diane said, why did you stop? Well, okay, I'm just going to sit there, you know, in the middle of nowhere so I walked all the way back, and when I finally, finally got home, I took my shoes off. Now, Diane's an RN. She has great bedside manner. But when I took my socks off, she went, oh, no, what happened to your feet? I, they're just literally bleeding and shredded from the shoes. Am I exaggerating? No, I'm not. So this walk is the walk through pain because I think Maybe it wasn't because of shoes, but we've all had those walks through pain. Back to chapter 1, verse 7. It says this. These trials are only to test your faith, to show that it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And your faith is more precious than mere gold. So it's that process of pain, that process of the fire that that produces a a faith building within us. Now, my son, our oldest son, Corey, he's he's been through the he, he's a personal trainer and he, he does a lot of training himself and and I know that he listens to a lot of motivational stuff, especially before a race. And you know, the no pain, no gain, you know, it's it's uh, either physical or mental. You know, it's 90% physical, 30% mental, whatever it is. Um, but here's mine. Pain is painful. How's that for a motivator? This last week uh, in, in the uh, Heritage, there was a, a, a gentleman there that was loved by the church. And... About a week ago, a little over that, just passed away in his home. No, no reason, just was gone. 
64 years old. And we loved Norm. And, and as we were at the, the funeral this last week, and, and all of their kids were, were in our youth group, so I you know, kind of have a close attachment to them. And as I would, got together with them and gave them a hug, I realized this just hurts. There's, there's, no, there's no answer to this. It's just painful. And it was one of those things where you're looking for a words of comfort and the only comfort you have is just a hug. Because sometimes in life, that's all we have. In chapter 4, verse 12 of First Peter, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Don't be surprised by the fiery trials. Don't let that take you off guard. And later on in that same verse, it says, because it makes you a partner with Christ in his suffering. I don't want to be a partner with anybody in suffering because it's not fun. However, that's the way God has had this set up for us as we walk through the pain. One of our megapixels is that Jesus is coming again and and I I am under the conviction that one of the one of the mistakes that the church has made is by saying if you come to Jesus, it's all good. It's all good. In fact, for I don't hear it quite so often, but for a long time, amongst teenagers, you know, if there was an apology to be made or something, somebody would say, "Oh, it's it's all good." But then I have to tell, it's not all good. There are times where you just have to say, yes, this hurts. I don't like this. If I could change it, I would. When I think about avoiding pain, my mind goes back to when I was a kid. My, we were sitting around the dinner table, and, my, and I don't know why I remember this. My aunt was talking about something and that got onto talking about the metric system. And she said, well, Jesus is going to come back before I have to learn the metric system. I thought, good night, if that's your level of pain, we have a world of hurt here. And so, because we have this mentality of, it's all good. Jesus is going to come back and he's going to, he's going to take us away from all pain. No, the opposite, that there will be pain. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> I hear no amens, not even for me on that one. I was in Kansas City at a Youth for Christ conference, and I knew that in order to get to the, the first session I really wanted to be at, I had to go on a walk that was really early in the morning. So I, I, I plotted out my course the night before. I knew where I was going, and I knew that if I would go down this one street about two and a half miles straight east, that I could come back and I would, you know, straight west come back, and I'd be back in time for the meeting. So... I did that. I had to get, I used my, my flashlight on my phone to where I wasn't by streetlights, walked the two and a half miles straight east, and came back. And as I got into the hotel, at the elevator was one of the guys from our group, and he goes, where you been? And I told him, and he said, oh, so you got to enjoy that wonderful sunrise this morning. It was just beautiful. And I thought, nope, I never saw it because I was walking west. I saw the effects of it, but I did not see the sunrise. So that got me thinking. 
How many times is there something spectacular happening back here, but we're oblivious to it? Maybe we're looking at the storm. Maybe we're looking at the screen. Maybe we're looking at our own self as to what's going on with C. The, the I don't know if any of you have done that or not, but it got me thinking. Back to chapter 1, verse 7. It says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Then it goes back into, but even so, you know, there's be trials. There was a gal at the YMCA a couple weeks ago. She, she stopped me and she said, I, no, you're, you're Dale with, with, with uh, the Bay Rally stuff, right? I said, yeah. She said, you know, I've, I've never taken time to thank you. But I honestly believe that through my high school years, it was attending the rallies, the Bay rallies that you had all through my junior high and senior high years that changed my thinking. And she said, I, I'm a young mom. I have, I have small kids. Uh, but I know that my husband and I are, are, are training and raising our kids differently because of the training that you, you gave us, and I want to thank you for that. That's great. And then, but it was that phrase, it changed my thinking. Because sometimes we need to remember to turn around and look at that sunrise. We need to remember that we need to, to do what it takes to see the sunrise. Chapter 2, verse 9 says that he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. He's called you out of that darkness, out of that storm, out of that pain, into the wonderful light. Now, the very fact that Jesus is coming again should give us hope. And the promise of heaven forever should give us hope. But the assurance of knowing that we are going to be with Jesus forever and ever in his presence should give us great joy. Shouldn't it? Because... It's, it's his, his, his work that is bringing us through the storm, through the pain, into that sunrise as we walk with him. Now, here's, here's the question. <clears throat> Are you walking towards or away from the sunrise? Which direction are you walking in your life? In thinking about this, as, as far as why, why is this important? Why, why do we push on? Why do we continue? Why do we not quit? I flip over to Second Peter 1, 11, where it says, Then God will give you a grand entrance into his eternal kingdom of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Let me read that first part again. And then God will give you a grand entrance. Have you ever been to a party or a gathering where they announced people? Maybe at a grand march or something like that. Or you watch on TV and they say, Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. And half the crowd cheers and the other half rolls their eyes. You know. And we're, you've ever seen that? Can you imagine what it would be like? Not, not as in a prideful way, but a... Uh, the, an exhilarating, I'm here, we made it, 
this is it. When, when we walked into the kingdom of God and Jesus himself goes, here he is, Gary Espeth, and he comes in. No, no. Oh, we'll have a new body, so that won't happen, then, right? I think that's so cool to think that of him saying, here he is, there they are, here she is, you made it. And all of a sudden, all the pain, all the hurt, will we understand it? I don't know. I don't think we'll care. I know that, that Norm's daughters and son, if they, if they could right now, they'd say, Jesus, why did you take my dad? But when they get to heaven and they see Norm and they see the Lord Jesus, I don't know if they're going to care. They're just going to be together. And that should bring great joy. Now, as I'm listening to this over and over and over and over again, I said, okay, Lord, you, you've brought us through the storm. You've brought us through pain. You've brought us through the sunrise. Why? Why have you warned us about that? Why have you told us about all this? Then I came across 1 Peter 5.12. And it says this. My purpose in writing is to encourage you and to assure you that the grace of God is with you no matter what happens. I love that. That's New Living Translation for those you want to know. My purpose in writing this is to encourage you and to ensure you that the grace of God is with you no matter what happens. That should give us great confidence and joy. And that's the message that we are trying to share with the young people of the Brainerd Lakes area. Because as you, as you know, this isn't something that they're told on a daily basis. They're told all the different ways that things are horrible, things are bad, things are going down the tubes. You know, there's, there's no hope. And the whole thing with, with evolution, that you're just an animal as it is, so don't worry about it. You just, you, you, when you die, you die, that's it. There's no hope in that. But as an organization and as a ministry who's, who's solely bent on telling kids about Jesus, we can tell them with great encouragement. I like to tell people that, you know, that have supported us financially, thank you for sending those dollars. It's gone. We spent it. But we spent it telling kids about Jesus because that's the only source of true joy. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, in many ways, God, you, you have brought us through more than one storm. You brought us through more than one painful situation. And we call it for what it is. We, we say it's pain. And we don't like it. It's not fun. But we do know that on the other side, there is a sunrise. There is a new day. And you're there for us. And I thank you for that. We're striving to be closer to you and in fellowship with who you are and who you want us to be. And I thank you, God, that you are always with us no matter what happens.
In Jesus' name, amen.